All right, let's quickly go on. Last time we began to speak about total faith. And actually I've been very excited because of that topic. It's been on my heart since last year that we should talk about faith again. Because the Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. And I realized that even though Peter was right there in front of the Lord Jesus Christ, when his faith wavered, he began to sink. Sometimes we take steps in our lives, we come out to obey God, and then we still fail. And people will start using that as an example of why people should not obey God. The fact is that Peter took a step out of the boat to obey God, yet he began to sink. But why did he begin to sink? It was because his faith wavered. Which means, therefore, if we are starting out in faith, we must ensure that we persist in that faith because the fact that it was God that made you start something does not mean that you will succeed just because you obeyed him four years ago when you began it. That's why it is possible for you to pray and pray and pray. And God told you who you should marry. You finish marrying the fellow, there's boxing morning, afternoon, and night in the house. It doesn't mean that you did not marry according to the will of God. It just means you are not operating right now according to the word of God. That's what it means. So you can start a business, you can start a ministry, you can start different things by the word of God or in obedience to the call of God for your life. That does not guarantee success. That is a mistake a lot of people make. They think because I have obeyed God to come out of the boat, it means that no matter what happens, I must not sink. Listen, you will still sink if you don't make a conscious effort to walk in faith all the time. You obey God to step out of the boat into the water. It's not what guarantees success. It is that while you are obeying him, your eyes are focused on the word. Your eyes are focused on faith. You understand? You keep on operating by faith. That is how you get your results. That's how you get your victory. And that's why the Bible tells us this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith is persistent. Faith is continuous. Faith is something that you operate all the time. And that's what we are talking about. All right, this time around, I get, chose the topic, total faith. Like I said last time, it was something that I was wondering which topic do we use, all right? When I found out total faith, I said, God, thank you. That is what we are going to discuss. And what are we trying to get across to us in this, in this series of teachings? That faith is not something you pick up when you need it and drop it when you think you don't need it. When you have it all together, you don't need faith. Well, when you don't know what to do, then you start praying and you start interceding. But when you think you have a common sense to, all right, to get things done, then you, you know you walk by your own common sense. And that is the problem. At that point, faith does not work anymore. And we'll see how that works in a moment, all right? Just trying to introduce the subject once again. Now, today let me take a text of scriptures or two. And then I will review what we said last time before I begin to expound the things I want to say today. Let's start today from the book of Numbers chapter 32. The book of Numbers chapter 32. Now Moses was recounting what happened earlier at Kadesh Barnea. And I said to them from verse 8, this, this is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to see the valley of Eskol and saw the land, they discouraged the sons of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger burned in that day. And he swore, saying, None of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, for they did not follow me fully. 
Now notice that expression. They did not follow me fully. He said, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have followed the Lord fully. And let me just stop reading this one there. I want to just read another continuation of that from the book of Joshua chapter 14. Again, I like to read these things again and again until they are fully printed in our hearts. Let's read from the book of Joshua chapter 14 and see Caleb repeating this experience. Now, what happened here was that um, the sons of Judah, they came near to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb was in front of them. And he said to Joshua, you know the word. That's Joshua chapter 14. I'm reading from the end of verse 6 now. You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought word back to him as was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord my God fully. As a consequence, Moses swore to me, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, now notice this. Now behold, the Lord has let me live, just as he spoke these 45 years, from the time that the Lord spoke this word to me, when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am 85 years old. I am still strong. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. He said, now then, give me this hill country, about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that the Anakim were there, with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. Now notice this, very important. So Joshua blessed him, and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, until this day, because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. Now, the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Alba. I love this portion. For Alba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the Lord had rest. The land had rest, he says, from war. Now, please notice this. Let me just remind us of something we said here last time. That you will notice that Caleb did not understand faith the way many of us think we understand it now. Yet his strength was preserved. That is, it is easy to operate in faith if you are following the Lord fully. That a man who is striving in faith, trying desperately to believe, saying, oh, I will refuse to doubt. It is good. Please don't get me wrong. It is good. But it's a sign that that faith is still small. If the faith is really big, he will speak casually to a tree and forget about the tree, yet the tree will obey his words and die, which also happened in the book of Mark chapter 11 concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the disciples asked him, why did this happen? He said, have faith in God or have the faith of God. And I'll, look, I'll go back to, to that in a moment. I said something, this point I was making, that if you have to exert energy, you know, to carry something, it is you are, it's good, you are trying, but you really you don't have the strength. That is why you are having to exert it. Now, for those who really have it, if I was to pick a 20 kg weight, I'll just bend down, straighten up, and walk with it. You see, a typical soldier, I don't know about um, a Nigerian soldier, so I know, but you know the, the American soldiers, the gear they carry, they said the whole thing weighs, please correct me if I'm wrong, I think about 40 kg. Is it 20 and 40 kg? And they just put it on their back, and these guys will 
hike for miles, you know, for kilometers on end. And they really don't get tired. Why? They have the strength. They have been trained. But if they gave you and I to carry that thing and walk from here to um, Old Park, by the time we get the water, water, you know, <laughs> yeah, you will try, you know, you will get there. But you see, you have to exert energy. What am I trying to explain here? Faith is like that. If it is inside you, you get results. It works without you being conscious many times that you are actually exerting faith. If you have the energy to do something, you will get it done without much conscious exertion on your part. And what I'm trying to teach to us in this series is what we do so that our faith will not be weak. So that we will speak casually to situations and they will respond. That, so we'll, have, we'll be on a boat and there will be a storm and we'll get woken up like the Lord Jesus Christ. And we we'll just look at the storm and talk the thing down. And it will go down. Not because we learn how to pray hard, but just because the faith is there. So the situations will necessarily, they will respond. That's the point I'm trying to make when we're talking about this um, issue of um, total faith. So that's what happened to Caleb here. Caleb was not trying, you know, confessing every morning, I have strength, I have strength, I have strength. Well, maybe he did that, I don't know, but I doubt that he did. Yet, his strength was preserved constant for 45 years. Why? Because he followed God fully. That's what we are trying to talk about, all right? Please bear that in mind, just a kind of review. Let's read another scripture. This one's very important, the book of Luke chapter 7. It will help me summarize some things I said last time, and I will pick up from there today. I want to bring out something here. I made this point before. Maybe I didn't refer to this, but this was actually where I got the understanding from. The Lord Jesus was speaking in verse 28. He said, I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now notice verse 29, which is the reason why I'm reading this, really. He said, when all the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. Now please notice that. The, what happened here was that, remember I said the other time, that when God wants to meet people, he divides the days into three days. He said, get yourselves ready, sanctify yourselves today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I am going to come down. That's what he told Moses, all right, at Sinai. You will notice something here. He said that, what well, we just read said that the tax collectors and, the, and all the people, that is, all the people and tax collectors, when they heard what Jesus said concerning the life of John the Baptist, he said that they were glad. They were very happy. They acknowledged God's justice. Why? Because they were baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the scribes, that is the lawyers, rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. Now what I began to say last time, I'm going to pick it up from here, okay? I actually I alluded to this. Okay, I was making a statement, yes, before that interruption. That God divided days into three. Can you remember that? The first, second, and third day, when he wants to visit people. He said, I'm not saying, I told Moses, gather people together, let them purify themselves today, tomorrow, and on the third day, I will come down. And what I'm trying to say here is this. For God to come down the third day, there must be a preparation of our hearts the first and second day. The mistake a lot of people make is that they think they will have the faith for the third day if they were not prepared, if they were not sanctified on the first and second days. John the Baptist represented the preparation for the third day, which was the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We know that because the Bible says that he was supposed to go and make the way of the Lord straight. He was supposed to prepare the hearts of the people. All right, reconcile people to themselves so that when the Lord will come, they will be able to receive what he was going to give them. That was what John the Baptist represented. Now, I want to say this again. Those who did not get the baptism of John were not able to receive anything from the Lord Jesus. What I want to just emphasize, no, we can't compartmentalize faith. By the time Jesus came, all these people had no choice but to oppose the Lord Jesus. And the problem began in the time of John. This is the mistake we make a lot of times as Christians. We think that we can just decide to believe when we want to believe. Believing is a process. What I mean is this. You are prepared to be able to believe. And God takes you through experiences in life so that you will know how to believe. Now, please, what I'm saying is very important. You may not be conscious that that's what he's doing, but that's actually what he's doing. When he sent John the Baptist, I said something last time, why did Jesus go to the pool that had many sick people and he pointed to one person and said, you, do you want to get well? The man didn't even know what he was talking about. And it was the long story, uh, you know, it's not as if I don't want to get well, but the way I'm sitting down here, you think I just like to sit down here? No, it's because I have nobody to help me. You know, when the angel comes to stir up the water, you know, long story. Jesus said to him simply, take up your pallet and walk. You are fine. He did not know Jesus was the Messiah. He did not know Jesus had any special healing power. I hope you are getting my point. Why did the... No, I've heard people say that God is sovereign. He can do virtually anything. He likes any time. Well, that is true to some extent, but that was not what happened in that case. Sometimes we hear we preachers who say, we are not told. I hardly say that because it means we have not yet found out. Many times the thing is inside the Bible. This is my own understanding of it. That man was baptized with the baptism of John. And that got him ready for the spirit of faith to enter into him, to set him on his feet. Listen, you cannot receive from God except faith comes into your heart. What he does, that's why I wrote that book, Great Faith Can Be Yours. What God does is to prepare you to receive that thing that is called the spirit of faith. That man was prepared by the baptism of John to receive faith when it was going to come. That was why when they came to him and said, and they asked him, who got you well? He didn't even know who it was. Why are you carrying your bed? The man who healed me said I should carry my bed. Then the Lord Jesus now came to him later and they had another discussion. The point I'm making here is this. There was a first and a second day of preparation. We must never forget that. I said something last time, let me say it again. The Lord, now listen to this, very important. I need to say it again. The Lord came to the garden and asked Adam and Eve, who told you you were, you were naked? Who told you you were naked? He didn't say, how did you find out you were naked? That was not his question. The question was, who told you? That told, tells me something. I, I actually wrote a note on it in my Bible. That what the, the Lord actually asked two questions there. The first one is, who told you you were naked? The second was that, have you eaten of the tree that I say you should not eat? Now, all these years, what I've read in it is this. It was because they ate the tree, they ate of the tree, that they found out that they were naked. But the Lord didn't say so. The Lord said, somebody had to tell you you were naked. Please, I hope you are following me. Now, why didn't I ask the second question? The second question was this. What now made it possible for you to hear a voice telling you you were naked? First, somebody told you you were naked. The quiz now is that, why on earth 
were you able to receive his voice? He said, my sheep know me. They know my voice. And they hear my voice. They follow my voice. The voice of a stranger, they will not follow. That is, these people, what made you follow the voice of a stranger? That was what led to the second question. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten? What exposed you to the suggestions, to the instructions, to the opinion? That's a better word. To the opinion of the enemy. Was that you obeyed him in the first place? That is, if Satan had come and said, hey, Adam, dress up, it would have meant nothing to him. Why are you walking around naked? It would have meant nothing to him. If Satan had come to Eve and said, Look at you, a woman of your size. You're not dressed. It will have meant nothing to her. Let me say this. The kind of things that affect you in life depends on what you have been obeying. People, listen, nobody can come to me and call me woman rapper because my wife knows everything I have. My wife knows, you know, you know one, day one of our brothers here, he was telling me about it. Somebody, you know, his wife was in NYC camp and women were talking. How useless men were. You know that kind of thing. So she was looking at them like, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, a man, you have to be careful, no, his money. He said, no, I know everything my husband has. Eh, when you need it now, how will you get it from him? She put her hand in her pocket, brought her husband's ATM card. This is my husband's ATM. They were looking at her strange. Now, I'm, I'm bringing on an issue here. There are things that people do, people say about you, that you respond to. So maybe a man like that, he said, can you imagine, maybe you go and join with people. You sit down in a club, in a, in a bar, and they are drinking. He said, the last time we went to the village, you know this man stood up for his wife to sit down? Woman rapper. Do you know if he tell me that, I would think your head is not correct. I said, so how was my wife supposed to sit? When there was no seat and I had one, did you never read in your Bible that the Bible says I should treat her like a weaker one? How can a strong man be sitting down and a weak one is standing up? Now, you may say that eh, that's common sense. It's not common sense. The fact is that the voice of the enemy does not affect me for certain reasons. You can call me all kinds of names. It does not affect me. You can say, I saw him the other day. Do you know? He was carrying a bag and his wife was walking around and she wasn't carrying anything. It would affect me. You can walk up to me and tell me that at your mate, you, at your age, you don't own your own house. Your mates have houses in Abuja, they have in Enugu, they have in Lokoja. It will not affect me. You can come and point to me the things I have, the things I don't have. They will not affect me. So by the time it starts affecting me, the first question my wife should ask is, who told you you're a woman rapper? Have you been hanging out in the clubs with the men? Are you getting my point? Because these voices were there before. You never heard them. For long, they've been saying it. At your, mate, at your age, you haven't done this. At your age, you have not accomplished this. Is this what your mates are doing? It did not affect you. Why did this start affecting you all of a sudden? That was why God said, what have you been eating? I don't know whether you get my point. It's what you eat that affects what you hear. The Lord said, what have you been eating? You must have been eating something for these opinions to matter to you. You must have been eating, eating something for things you did for years. You trekked with joy. Are you getting my point? You used a cheap phone with joy. 
You didn't have expensive clothes to wear. It didn't bother you. All of a sudden, it's now bothering you. You can't go to the company of people and feel comfortable. Somebody has been speaking to you. But those voices were there all this while. How come you did not hear them before? Hope you're getting my point. I told you that before I used to argue with people. The country is like this. The country is not like that. I still remember the day one of my colleagues, a number of us, we sat in the residence room when I was still uh, I was a junior resident in Lagos University Teaching Hospital, Diaraba. And then one of them said, "It's very annoying. Can you imagine that our salary was, I think, equivalent at that time of seventy dollars? One ridiculously low amount in dollars. Resident doctors, monthly salary." And I remember my argument. I used to argue with them that my salary is not $70. My salary is 5,500 naira. There is a world of difference between $70 and five, you know, because that was what it was. When you converted, it was $70 and locally it was less than 6,000 naira. And we will argue. You know, I was a happy man, believe me. I remember when my friend, when I, I bought an iron once, a very, a very nice Philips iron. I told you, oh boy, I bought an iron. It's a good friend. We say gist about things like that. He said, congratulations on your first worldly possession. <laughs> we just laughed about those things. A friend of mine came to my house one day. He had a car, an old car, but it was his own. A Mitsubishi Galant. And he picked, him, picked me from my auntie's place where I was staying. Let's go out. And we're driving. I still remember we climbed down Tony Bridge in Lagos. It was night. And he began to whine and complain. He was a banker. We're, we're about age, same age, classmates, but he studied a four-year course. So he left school two years before me. They had to do a year of you know, um, house job. So three years, he was ahead of me to the labor market. And he had made some advance. So he had a car. I didn't have anything. I was fresh from NYC. All right? But the following year, Finished NYC in 93, this was 94. So we're just driving around, and he was whining and complaining about how useless the country was. How our fathers ruined everything. And how come there's no hope and there's no future for people like us? We're young people in our 20s. And he was driving his own car and telling me all of these things. And I remember, because I needed to talk so he couldn't hear, the glasses were down, so the breeze was blowing our faces. So I leaned my head, like trying to stick it out of the door, of the window. So he, of course he couldn't hear me. He was whining away. I was hearing with the left ear. But I turned my face outside, and I said, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the country. Jesus, I worship you. I was so grateful to God for his goodness. It did not affect me. Many years after that, one day I was already in Enugu, I went home one Christmas. My wife said, my mother said, oh, hey, Banky, I wanted to tell you something. No? You know, your mates are living in their own houses now. And I said to her simply, how many of them are teaching the way of success? It didn't move me one bit. Thank God for the woman I married. Anyway, she eats the things I say so much, she hears only the kind of things that I say anyway. Are you getting my point? She can't hear any other voice. Nobody has a capacity to make me feel like a failure. I don't know whether I get my point. If I go to places where you want to make me feel inferior, I go somewhere else, 
with the word of God, I lie down by myself, meditate until the word of God comes to me again, and I feel confident. Then I told my mother, I said, how many of these so-called mates of mine are teaching the word of God on radio? How many of them go to the kind of places I go to, and they have the kind of response amongst people that I get? How many of them? I said to her, everybody is running his own race in life. Those who God said, go and build, go and start building. Better build. That's your assignment. As for me, I know why he sent me to Enugu. Jesus said, who told you you were naked? Many of us in life, we don't have any confidence. We complain every day. Why? Somebody tells us we are failures. Somebody tells us we have failed. Somebody sets a standard. The other day we were talking, they said standard of ministry. Somebody, oh, you tell him that a man went. You know, there are things as a pastor you shouldn't open your mouth and say in public. Because if you sin, and you sin to yourself, God judges you differently. But when you make other people sin, hey, matter. I hope you are getting my point. So the man said, there is no how. Eh, as a man from the West, you can make it in ministry in Enugu. What does he mean? He had a church of 400 people. He said, you can't make it in ministry. Why? Because he had a friend in Abuja. Who has so much money, he's giving out brand new cars to say well done, sir, to people. Are you getting my point? Because he had a friend in Abuja who living in a mansion that he built his own money. And both of them were here together. And so that one has moved to Abuja. Money was flowing. Suddenly he felt like a failure. I'm sure he will stand in front of that one and he'll be wondering. Like one, they say, somebody said, is it Sam Adeyemi's brother? Uh, what is his brother's name? Victor Adeyemi. So is it not the same ministry you are doing, your brother is doing? How come things are... Are you getting my point? Those are the kind of voices you have to be careful you don't listen to. When somebody's life suddenly starts changing, like this, it's no longer comfortable anymore. Ask the what have you been listening to? Somebody told you you are naked. Somebody told you that you are not well dressed. Somebody told you. And all of these things are spiritual responses. The Lord said to them, when he came to the garden, what is it that made you start hearing such voices? You must have been eating something you were not supposed to be eating. I'm talking about total faith. You cannot have faith, all right, in one area, while you allow it to be leaking through disobedience in another area. That's what I'm going to explain. It is disobedience that opens us to start hearing voices that we're not supposed to be hearing. These people, these Pharisees, and the people here, that's the scribes and the Pharisees, no matter, no matter what Jesus said, they couldn't hear it. Because the time that God gave them the opportunity to believe a small thing. I mean, all you need, listen to John the Baptist. John the Baptist, I said that, you know, remember I was saying something earlier, that God gives us steps in life by which he builds, up, builds us up on faith. Let me talk about that again. God is very good. Somebody say amen. amen. It's very good. He knows we need faith, so he builds us up on faith. For you and I to be blessed, somebody in there to be raised up, called Abraham, all right? Well, his name was not Abraham, but what I mean is that somebody in there to be raised up, to be able to enter a covenant with God that will bring forth the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God one day called a man called Abraham. Abraham, God began to work on him. What God needed was a man that will offer his only son. I hope you're getting my point. But it's not easy. You wait for a child for 25 years. You started at the age of 75 anyway. Not at the age of 25. You started at 75. At the age of 100, they said, go, you had a child. The boy was a teenager. Although, I listened to one man and I say he was about 30 years of age. He said Isaac was about 30. 
when that happened. So after waiting for like 30 years, he now said, go and kill the boy. And many of us said that he couldn't have been that old. He would have resisted the father. You know why we think like that? We're raised in disobedience. If you, no, that's it. Forget this. <laughs> if you know how that boy was raised, do you understand? His father says, lie down there. He couldn't twitch. Forget that one. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> See, they say it was about the age of 30. That was when God now spoke to his father and said, go and sacrifice your only son. It's not easy. You know what I said? It's not easy. And God knows it's not easy. God is mindful that we are both flesh. He knows it's not easy. So you know what he does and what he did with Abraham? He trains him in faith. He allows the man or he allowed him to go through challenges then he will deliver his wife. He will allow him to see opposition then he will deliver him. He will allow him. Then finally, in his mistake, he had a child called Ishmael. And he made him use Ishmael as practice. Ishmael was the first practice in letting a son go. The Bible says that thing was grievous. When, I, when um, Sarah said, let that boy go. Yet God came to Abraham and said to him, listen to the voice of your wife. Abraham let that boy go to die. Listen, you must understand what was happening. That was the practice. It was easier. Why? Um, Ishmael was not a promised child. It was easier. Ishmael was not born by Sarah. It was easier. And listen, let me tell you. Take, take joy in letting things go to deal. You lost a car. Just rejoice and walk away. Please. Anyway, let me go with my message. That one was easier. It was not a case of life and death. This was not a child of promise. It was hard, but it was easier. It was hard, but it was easier. In the same manner, John the Baptist never preached anything they had not heard before. Yeah, what did he preach? Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. What did he preach that was strange? He did not say he was the bread that came down from heaven. He did not say, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no life in you. He never said, I and the Father are one. He never turned around to tell them that before Abraham, I am. He never said anything hard. John the Baptist said things that Elijah said. He said things that Jeremiah said. There was nothing he said that Isaiah did not say. Things they were accustomed to. Repent. An axe has been laid down at the root. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Otherwise, God is going to chop everybody down. We say you are, first, you, you are children of Abraham. God can raise these stones as children for Abraham. Listen, he told them things that Isaiah, Elijah said in the days of Ahab. It was easy to believe. Yet, men refused to believe. If they had believed John, they would have been baptized by John. When Jesus, you don't know, you must understand. Jesus came saying things that you, it only makes sense to you because you have believed. You come to church, the priest in the synagogue says, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And you're looking at him and say, sir, what are you talking about? Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Don't blame them for wondering what he was talking about. A man that you know where he was born. Tells you, I and the Father are one. 
that Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He called her attention and said, how can Abraham rejoice? You are not even 40 years old. That was what they told him. Then he opened his mouth. Imagine your friend telling you you are in the room. He said, before your grandfather, I was there. You will look like, what are you talking about? But it was easy for some people to believe. Why? They saw the Bible because the spirit of faith. God had poured it out and it rested upon only those who were baptized by John. It rested upon only those that were baptized by John. For that reason, it was easy to believe. Listen, I have realized the ability to believe is a gift of God. That one I have realized. What he actually does is to prepare us for it. And what, how does he do it? By giving us things that are simple to do at the beginning. It's as we obey truth, as we obey the word that is simple, that he is able to pour the ability to believe greater, thing, believe greater things into our hearts. People who disobey the word of God is usually because they have begun to disobey him in smaller things. I'm talking about total faith. Let me just say, you know, I, I wanted to review what we had to say last time, but today's one was flowing so fast, I had to quickly let it go. You know, Apostle, you know the way this job is. <laughs> All right, the Lord is good. <laughs> let me just take a minute and remind us of some things we said last time, then I'll again continue from there. I was just trying to explain that scripture that we read just now. That's the book of Luke chapter 7. Last time I remembered, and I want to continue from that particular point today, that Jesus said, have faith in God. And we said what that means is that all our information must be gotten from him. Let's not ever forget that. The reason why Adam and Eve, the reason why they realized they were naked was because they disobeyed. And they began to hear voices that the Lord, that was not of God. We also said that every decision you make in life, remember to ask the question, who told me this? Who told you you were naked? It's a very important question you must ask. We'll go over the ones that are important if it comes to it. Now, please remember this. We walk with God and follow him fully. That was the last thing we said last time. We're using this Joshua, all right, and Caleb as an example. What we just read now from the book of Numbers chapter 32 and Joshua chapter 14. There was something I said last time. Let me quickly say it again. That when we are looking at following God fully, there are two aspects. The word of God has different aspects. I went over it again last time. If you're not around, please get the CD, all right? Now, last time I explained the fact that the word of God has different aspects. I'm not going to go detail over it again. There are promises, precepts, um, commandments, testimonies, and ordinances. We talked about that, all right? The word of God has different aspects. So when you obey the different aspects of the word of God, then you say you are following the Lord fully. Then also, there's another way to look at that one. Life has different aspects. And that is the main thing we are teaching in this series. Life has different aspects. And you must follow the word of God fully in different aspects of life. You cannot be believing God in the area you have difficulty, but you don't want to believe him in the area you have ease. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That is a mistake we often make. If I can't get a job, I'm always praying, always sowing seeds, always confessing the word of God. But if I go home, I don't relate with my husband the way God says I should. I don't relate with my wife the way God says I should. I tend to focus my faith only on the areas where I have problems. And like I said, ability to believe is a gift of God. If you are disobeying him in one area, it makes it harder for you. 
in the area where you actually need those results that you are looking for. In fact, let me use this illustration to pick up from here. Okay, let's read it. There's one other scripture I want us to read today. Very important. The book of Mark chapter 11, which we read last time. But I just want to read it in a particular translation. The Amplified. So as to highlight something I said. The book of Mark chapter 11. Just, um, I'm going to try and read just a few verses. I'll just take it out from the center of the whole context there. Now, Jesus cursed the tree, we know. And Peter, in verse 21, being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Or have the faith of God, literally. That's what the Hebrew, uh, Greek says, have the faith of God. He now said, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he is saying is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, if you can believe that you have received them, it will be granted to you. Remember, I, I, wrote, I read that portion in my own personal translation. You know what I mean? Trying to emphasize what he was saying. He was giving them as a condition that if the thing is not granted to you, it is because you were not able to believe. And that's why I told a man in the book of Mark chapter 9, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. It was a condition. Now, please, I want to quickly read that in the Amplified Version. Verse 22. If you have the Amplified, you will notice what I'm about to say. And Jesus replying, Amplified Version now, said to them, have faith in God constantly. Have faith in God constantly. You know, I didn't even remember this. When I, last time when I was speaking, when I was saying that, when the Lord Jesus said, have the faith of God, what he was saying is that faith is something you have all the time in different areas. It was later on I realized that it's even written clearly like that in the Amplified. He said, have faith in God constantly. I want you to understand something here. What he was saying is this. If you have faith in God constantly, when the time comes to speak to a mountain, you will discover the ability to have faith at that time. Did you connect that? That the problem is that people want to speak to mountains when they are not having faith constantly. Have faith in God constantly. That's what we're talking about. That's what total faith is. Our series is titled what? Total faith. Let me explain something. I said this before. I want to say it again. Faith is not how, we f- how you feel. There are times when we say that, I was so sure, I know that God heard me. That's a feeling. I don't know that you're getting my point. Faith is not how confident you feel. Sometimes, I've heard um, people do, um, analyze the story of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they can't seem to get why on earth God delivered people who said, because the principle of faith some of us practice is as if, listen, you just declare that and that's what you declare alone and that's all there is to it. They said, bow before the image or you will burn. They said simply, listen, we will not bow. Our God is able to deliver us. And even if he will not deliver us, we still will not bow to your image. 
I've heard people analyze it for me for that. What they said was that even if you don't burn us, we will not bow. I said, sir, does that make sense to you? The reason was because it didn't make sense to us that how can somebody not practice the faith the way we think it should be practiced and it's getting results? They didn't seem as confident as many of us would have wanted them to be when they were going into the fire. They were actually willing to die in the fire. You know why I told that story? To let us know that the fact that you are confident you will not be born is not a sign of faith. It's not a sign that the faith is there. It can be that you are just, like I said last time, you're just a bold-faced man. There are the people who are confident of things that, ne- that, are, that are wrong. Faith, I found that it's not how confident I feel. It's not a feeling. Faith is a spiritual substance. For that reason, the emotions and the faith, they often don't even tie. I am persuaded. That's why I wrote the book. Great faith can be yours. I'm persuaded that that woman, alright, the Bible says the heart of the Lord, the eye of the Lord runs through and through the whole earth. Why? He wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. That was why God sent Elijah to the Zarephath woman. Go there. Yet, the, when, he, when he arrived, the woman didn't, didn't know who he was. And the man said, give me your last meal. And she did, not even knowing whether the man was a cheat. And there are many cheats today. Yes? The gospel is being used for all kinds of things. I don't, if I, there's no point polluting your mind to start telling the kind of stories. But the woman believed. Why? There, is a, there was a substance of faith inside her. Please, I'm going somewhere. So faith is not how I feel. Faith is a substance that you must make sure. Now listen to this. You cultivate all the time. The magnitude of faith in your life, you can only tell by the results it gets. Not by how you feel. Because feelings are very deceptive. 